0: Welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker, and as always, I'm joined by Matt Chamberlain. How you doing, Matt? It's all right. It's this new daylight savings thing. Kind of threw my morning off, Yeah, but but I'm ready to pod. God, that was awful. (laughs) Makes the morning just suck. It's awful. I'm not looking forward to tomorrow morning, Monday morning. I feel like that's when it gets even worse. Because he actually had to do things. Yeah. Yeah, probably. God. And it's just a whole bunch of college basketball right now. Like, just, eh. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I feel about college basketball. We'll talk about that on next week's podcast. Uh, hint, hint. Uh, but. W- um college basketball kind of sucks i'm not gonna lie watching a 48 46 game oh god don't even get me started on those virginia games like oh it's defensive it's like no these guys just aren't good at shooting the ball (laughs) it's that they're still 18 and have no idea what they're doing yeah exactly well before we get into more of the show remember to follow us on twitter at nba couch gm pod um We've been doing a pretty good job of tweeting and uh, tweeting some games this week. Um, It's been a lot of fun. If you haven't already, find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Um, Remember to subscribe, like, uh, follow, whatever your choice of platform, do that action. And we would greatly appreciate it. Matt, what happened in episode twenty that people need to know about? So, in case you missed it, uh,
1: talked a little bit about the Bucks and how they got to extend to Eric Bledsoe on that four-year, seventy million dollars contract, and they are apparently getting to add Paul Gasol um, after he got bought out with the Spurs. We also talked about how Portland was getting hot on their Eastern Conference road trip; they went four and one on that trip, or I think five and one. And then Ryan's thought of the week had us talking about the big man rotation in Toronto kind of getting congested with uh
0: Mark Saul and Serge Baca and it what sh- that means. It reared its ugly head against um, who would they play? I was watching that game. It was Toronto. They got blown out. Maybe it was Milwaukee? Maybe. I don't I don't, I don't remember. remember. I wasn't
1: keeping up with Toronto this week really. Yeah. But uh so that, uh, how they're going to work that out with Ibaka now coming off the bench cuz Saul getting some more starting time. We talked mainly about disappointing teams Primarily the Celtics and the Lakers kind of what's happened and then as soon as we talked about in Boston bounced back <laughs> Lakers not so much <laughs> um, They rolled over and died this week <laughs> My game of the week was featuring those two teams Celtics at Lakers I predicted Boston would win 115 to the Lakers 109 turned out Boston won 120 to the Lakers 107 and then Ryan's game of the week He predicted that the Bucks would beat the Pacers 127 to 111 Ended up being Milwaukee 1, to 117-98. It's
0: pretty close to our predictions yeah. this week. And it was the Rockets who the Toronto was playing. Mm, in that's the, right. Yeah, um, yeah, the big man rotation didn't didn't end up doing so much. Siakam was good in that game, but everyone else was kind of a dumpster that's fire. That's a tough matchup for that team. Yeah, it is. Um, but good job for us. Pat's, Pat's on the back for us on uh, getting these games a week fairly right. It's like we try and watch basketball sometimes not just talk about all the other stuff yeah we we do that occasionally um so in this week's nba news uh a lot of some lakers news big lakers news this week um lebron passes jordan for fourth in scoring this week which was a big deal uh except not they lost, fans though. yeah <laughs> except they lost that game so yeah. yeah do you think how far do you think lebron will get up on the scoring list because he's fourth right now. Yeah. He's got a pretty good
1: chance to pass Kobe on, at third. Which, if he does that in a Lakers uniform, that will just be... <laughs> I don't know if he's going to get booed <laughs> or not. Um, I think he can probably do that. I bet he can get at least a third. Because, um, like, s- second yeah. and first is almost impossible to catch. It's going to be real tough. Especially if these four <laughs> years are his last four.
0: Yeah. But I bet he could He can move past Kobe. Okay. So, at least third. Yeah. Uh Lonzo Ball shut down for season. Um, he's only played 99 out of a possible 164 games in his two years. <laughs> it's not good, not great. We kind of talked about that at the beginning of the season like guys who consistently get injured, how much can you count on them? Exactly. It's like
1: although I've started to like what I saw out of him towards like the last part of the games he was playing, if he's not on the floor What's that value to you right I
0: don't I don't know <laughs> <laughs> not good uh, Brandon Ingram also out for the season with a dVD uh, blood caught blood caught in his arm um, this is something that uh, Chris Bosch went through except it Chris Bosch was in his legs right
1: yeah, it's usually in your legs and Chris Bosch has kept reappearing this is the first instance <laughs> we've heard about it from Brandon Ingram so although they're being precautious they're not too worried right now it's yeah. when it starts happening again that you start getting real worried so yeah. i understand
0: them shutting him down yeah can't play on blood thinners which is yeah not not a good would not be a good situation warriors are bringing back andrew Bogut from australia who was like uh mvp of that and, league Andy in australia of the year. yeah um which is kind of interesting because they have boogie and like how that fits? Yeah, but they needed an MVP big man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, taking the deep uh, shots at Boogie Cousins, I like it. Um, Thunder sweep the Trail Blazers with epic one twenty nine one twenty overtime win on Thursday, um, and that's going to be important for playoff seating. I don't remember a time that the Thunder have swept Portland. I mean, it's impossible to win in Portland. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Once, a little, twice.
1: That's so crazy, right.
0: Russ had a really good game. Dame had a really good game. That was 51 one. points, and yeah, he went off. Oh man, that, I you. I think you tweeted it out on the account. I would love to see this as like a four-five matchup. Oh, that, that'd be so good. If, I like that could be a first-round matchup,
1: or it could be even like a second-round matchup as like a two-three. If these teams could somehow get there, I don't think that would happen, but like it could happen, I guess. Denver's
0: kind of been slipping. We'll love see. It. We'll see. So has OKC though. Yeah, that's true. They've been like five hundred ish, playing five hundred ish ball. Which I mean they have the toughest schedule in the league left, which I guess you could kinda expect, but if you wanna get keep a home playoff um in like start off with a home playoff series in the West you gotta be better than five hundred to I mean, finish the season. These are all playoff tight games. Yeah, so exactly. That's that's what it's gonna be. Russ has been shooting better though. Enough about the Thunder. We'll talk about them another time. Um Let's move on to the NBA thought of the week. Matt, what did you see this week that you want to talk about? So, this is a guy that I feel like you're not his
1: biggest fan, but Carl Anthony Towns, which, one, I still can't get over his name. Like, Carl Anthony (laughs) Anthony, Towns. Carl Anthony Towns um, is an absolute monster, though. (laughs) Since um, the start of 2019, that's 27 games. Minnesota's really bad. But yep. he's, he's the only real thing that I can get excited for. So in those 27 games, the team's 13 and 14, so right about 500. He is averaging 28 points, 12 and a half rebounds, four assists, a block and a half per game, while shooting 57% from the field, 42 and a half percent from three on, on five attempts per game. And, and he's shooting 84% from the free throw line. And... Those numbers have been even better in the month of March uh, since he started out. So he's been on an absolute tear. And it it's so awful to see like that this thing Minnesota had started to like kind of construct with Thibodeau and Butler didn't work out now like personality wise, like we get it. But like how they just haven't been able to build a team around him because this dude is taking that step. Like if you were wondering, like, is he gonna be like that dude? Yeah, he is. He's gonna be that guy moving forward, but man, I don't know if he can do it in Minnesota.
0: My only pushback with Cat is what we saw with Kevin Love. It was like kind of empty steps on an empty team, but like you're right, he's been phenomenal. It's been been everyone else who's been a dumpster fire. Well, that's the thing. Like I'm watching like
1: Jeff Teague just get blown by like every other play. It's like what is like big man defense supposed to do when your guards and wings just get blown by every single time i know robert covington's been in and out with injuries this year so that's kind of been unfortunate but otherwise like this team is not good defensively they really haven't been all year and offensively like it's carl anthony towns are bust right now what do you mean andrew wiggins long twos aren't are,
0: are cutting it are
1: cut um out. But didn't i show you that Um, Stat graphic this week about Andrew Wiggins. Let me pull it up real quick. Um, So, Kurt Goldsberry, um, fantastic journalist. He uh, tracked Andrew Wiggins' (laughs) um, shot selection. And then he told us that out of 133 players with at least 500 field goal attempts this season... He ranks 132nd in true <laughs> shooting percentage. The only player worse is Kevin Knox, yikes, a, a rookie for the Knicks. And then also, out of 46 players with at least 500 field goal attempts beyond 8 feet, he ranks 45th in field goal percentage. Only Russ has been worse this season, but Russ is starting to get it together.
0: So. What are they paying? Like $20 million a year to oh, be one of the worst NBA I think it's players? More than that. I think it's
1: closer to like 25 or 30. <laughs> oh my God. And he's below average um, in the NBA from every single spot on the floor except the left corner. In the left corner, he's shooting 57% this year. In the paint, he's only shooting 52%. Everywhere else, he's right about
0: 30%. You know, there was that, this team, this Minnesota team that had Wiggins and Cat, and, you know, Minus and plus some pieces, went on the road and beat the Golden State Warriors that ended up winning 72 games, Mm -hmm. 73 games, whatever it was. And like, you could kind of see it there, like, oh, they might have something. And then it's just never come together. That's been like four years. Yeah. I don't know if that's a, a cat thing, an
1: organizational thing. It's definitely an organizational thing, but not just that. Yeah, you know, I wonder where else. Like, if someone really dived into that team, like, what's going on? But part of me, part of me wants to blame roster construction because it's been bad. Although, like, yeah, you've got a resurgence from like Derrick Rose and stuff, but like, I don't know what's that really worth. Like, it's a nice little bench piece, to yeah, me, more than anything. So I don't know. I'm I'm just giving Cat that recognition. He's been on a tear lately. He left last night's game um, with a with a minor injury, but they said he should be fine. So he had a,
0: a he baptized Jeff Green.
1: Yeah, he did. Jeff Green slid over late and he just took just like a knee to like the chest. From that was, Carl Anthony
0: Towns. That was amazing. I love. Oh, my gosh. I love that dunk. That was incredible. So my thought a week is about a player kind of on a faltering team, too. They've surged up to the 16 in the East this week, though. They've been hot. And that's why I've kind of, I'm going to shout them out on my thought of the week. And I think Blake Griffin might be having the best year of his career. Oh, he's such a better basketball player now than he was ever with the Clippers. So he's averaging the most points he's ever had. Um, The closest that it was was in that um, really good uh, Clippers team. What year was that? In the 13 14. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. he was averaging twenty four points, point one points per game then. But playing with Chris Ball and DeAndre Jordan, he's averaging twenty five points now. Um his true shooting percentage or effective field goal percentage is the highest it's been since 1213 when they were also pretty good. Um and he's shooting the best three point like best by far. Um with more, the most attempts he's had in his career. He's shooting 36% from three, um, and he shot 40% from three in 14-15, but only on 0. 0.4 attempts per game. He's doing it on close to seven per, attempts per I game. I Like, he is a stretch big man now. And he That's can true. handle the ball. Um, he's getting... Uh, where, where is his assist? Um... uh uh, five assists per game five and a half assists per game and that's pretty on average for his career um over the last couple years he was averaging actually more assists last year with 6.6 um or 6.2 excuse me um but i just think like getting this detroit pistons team and we talked about them like four pods ago and like they were like not gonna make the playoffs it looked like and now they've Surpassed my my nets. They have no. They've they've just been on a
1: hot streak. Drummond's playing pretty well. He's playing better. They're getting some yeah. some decent guard play. I think that's really all it's taken is like Luke Kennard's kind of come in and hit some shots. Jackson's been playing a little bit better. It it's just taken some halfway decent guard play. Yeah. And Drummond keep doing his thing for Blake to really like shine and lead this team even more.
0: Yeah, they beat Toronto this past week. Um, mm-hmm. Blake had kind of a circus shot that didn't count, like, over the backboard. Yeah. Um, but, man, he's been on a tear this year, and, like, his three-point shooting is just incredible to me this year. Like, he's really expanded his game.
1: And it's not like he's just standing in the corner either. He's, like, like
0: creating his own shot. Yeah, he's coming up off the dribble for it. Like, it's it's smooth, yeah. too. It's pretty surprising for what he was coming into the league as as, like— a um just athletic four um maybe a five but like i'm impressed with blake griffin like he he's like one of those guys who like you can point to and say yeah he deserves that max contract right now yeah like
1: i understand why the clippers still traded him but like i get why he's worth a max
0: yeah um what is he making like 35 million now i think so something right around there which like i mean he's earning he's getting detroit to the playoffs for the second time in like 15 years yeah since since like the rip hamilton and tayshaun
1: prince ben wallace Rasheed wallace chauncey billups i don't that was, a, that was a team man i mean like what are they who would they play right now who's the three pacers yeah uh, that, well, right now it's the pacers man and we talked about they're about to go on that tough road trip yeah in the western conference but yeah right
0: now i would feel not terrible about that if you're detroit yeah you'd probably get to the second round which would be kind of fun just like see what happens Wayne Casey getting to the second round yeah that's not gonna end well <laughs> um well this week our topic our big topic is gonna be uh uh over or under reactions and this is gonna be a lot of fun we kind of did this I think toward the beginning of the season um where we kind of had like some over reactions and under reactions about early on like week one over reactions but we're gonna do it towards the end of the season now about some different NBA topics I'm excited to get into this Matt you going to go first? I'm going to go first. And my first uh, over or under reaction is going to be an interesting topic to discuss. LeBron James is finally starting to decline. Now, and I preference this with a lot of people have been predicting, like, Tom Brady's decline in the NFL. And he keeps winning, like, three championships like <laughs> over the last, like, three years. Uh, decline doesn't mean bad. No. Um, it's pretty crazy, but... I think you're starting to see it a little bit this year. Um, I think this isn't underreaction. I think he's starting to decline. I think he can't be... The Lakers shouldn't build just around LeBron James from now on. You can't.
1: I think this is a hard overreaction. Okay. Like, I mean, yeah, I think part of it's like he's been hurt. This year, yeah, and right now he's sitting at only 48 games played. He'll probably play the last 10 games, 10, 15 games. Maybe they end up shutting him down right at the end. So he'll only hit around 60 games this year. For a team that, as we've talked about the last couple pods, is just like the epitome of a like a dumpster fire, like a crap shoot. <laughs> like they just are, and. I don't, how can, I don't think it's really any different than last year or the year before that.
0: In Cleveland when it was just, I don't uh, think, I don't think he's
1: playing any different one. He's played less games and two, he's on a significantly worse team that was built terribly. (laughs) Like I don't, but it's Luke Walton's fault, Matt. Remember that (laughs) (laughs) it's always Luke Walton's fault. Um, give me Ty (laughs) Lou. Oh my God. Um, I don't, I don't. I'm looking at like his numbers like yeah his free throw percentage is down a touch but it's really not that different from his career. He's not
0: been a great free throw shooter either over his career.
1: Yeah his three point percentage is, is right about where it's always been. Field goal percentage is right about where it's always been. Rebounds yeah. Assist yeah. Like everything's pretty much the same as it's always been. He just doesn't have like the right pieces around him and like you can see it with Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, like other great players who are missing in the West and it's just because like their team was built poorly. So to me, like LeBron declining, I mean he's older. Yeah. You're right.
0: Yeah. But he's Okay, I, let I, me I, play Devils advocate a little bit. What if he gets injured again next season, but he has better team? And they like fall to like the 8 I still don't think that means he's declining. <laughs> I don't just means he gets hurt. <laughs> I think his I think his body's starting to decline in the sense that like he's older. He, like the minutes he's played has added like a season and a half like in the playoffs. Yeah, to his career. And like I don't know, like th- that starts wear and tear. We've seen it with Chris Paul. Like it, he's fi- like in March. We're in March now, and he's finally starting to look like Chris Paul. Like you can't do that in the West. Not if you're like the teams built around you the Houston Rockets seems not built around Chris Paul. That's why they're kind of succeeding right now because he came back and it was a nice surprise to have him back at 95% of what you expect Chris Paul to be. Yeah. And I don't know when, when I guess
1: we're talking about LeBron declining, maybe I just have, or maybe we just have like such high standards for like what LeBron is or should be, or could be that like anything less than that is, Considered a decline, and I guess like technically, like yeah, but I to me like I get the Chris Paul argument because Chris Paul like, but he's just such a different player. It is and, a different and player. player, and yeah, like, it's apples to oranges. Like I get the the importance of like the role of Chris Paul on his team, but like Chris Paul and I, I've mentioned this, I'm cool with Chris Paul averaging like. 16 nine and five and just playing a lot and playing solid defense and like that's exactly what his team needs from him yep so it's like yeah he's declining but he's still exactly what that team needs lebron declining it to anything less than 26 points per game at this point is like a huge detriment
0: like what's happening like why is like is is he like oh going out on the Lakers, is he going to want to get... like, And I think a lot of it is probably just, like, the headlines around LeBron are, like, because he is the greatest player um, in the NBA right now. Like, the most talented player. Like, any... You're right. Like, any sort of, like, slight decline, like, it gets blown way out of proportion. Yeah. Like, I, I know,
1: like, you can't always just look at stats, but, like, rebounds last three years 8.6 8.6 8.6 <laughs> like assist <laughs> consistent 8 point, 8.7 9.1 8.1 like points twenty six and a half, twenty seven and a half, twenty seven. 27 like he's the same player like i watched him in cleveland last year the defense you're seeing this year it's not any different like it's really not except and maybe this is like kind of like an accidental pat on the back to tristan thompson but like they had guys that could make up for it. Maybe yep. playing with Kyrie makes you look a whole lot better. <laughs> whenever you can go score one twenty at will and give up a few extra buckets here and there because you got Kyrie Irving playing with you. Yeah. Like maybe that's just kind of what happened. And maybe if we are, if I would change my mind on like he is declining, he's been declining for years. Then he's been declining since his age like thirty season.
0: Yeah. But
1: I I don't think that's true.
0: I think his game has changed you're right his game has changed since like he turned 30 and he's trying to preserve his body as much as possible I just don't know like in those last three seasons we see him as a Laker like what will define those like is it gonna be the guys who get around him or is it gonna be like the way he plays and manages his minutes because he will manage his minutes, not the coach. Yeah. Let's get that straight. Yeah, you're right. Um so I don't know. It's just it's an interesting topic to watch and I don't want to be the first guy to say, like, oh LeBron James is gonna decline and then he comes out and wins two two more championships. Yeah. But I think it's just an interesting topic to talk about. I think he's starting to decline, and obviously and-
1: I don't think it's like a slight to LeBron like he needs another Kyrie Irving type around him either. Because no one in the NBA is winning a championship or championships without at least one of those guys around them. I mean, like, the Warriors have five All-Stars exactly. on their team, so it's not like... <laughs> and they just brought in another MVP. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, exactly. So
0: You need dudes.
1: Like, I don't think that's, that's what on saying, like, he needs more around him. Like, that's just the NBA now. Yeah. And even when Jordan played, like, he had Scotty, He had Dennis Rodgers. He had like, dudes, too. Yeah, yeah. So, it's not like Michael Jordan was out there carrying nobodies to the NBA Finals every year.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's such a tough thing because, like, LeBron could do that in the East. It's just like that armed, essentially talent race in the West to compete with Golden State, like, kind of just, like, ruined this Laker team almost. Because, like, if it was, like, I don't know, 15, 16, and this Lakers team were together, they would probably be in the playoffs right now. Yeah, I bet so. Uh, But the NBA has changed since then. You're right. Matt, what's your first over or under reaction? So. Kyle Lowry,
1: jumping over to the East. Kyle Lowry is the most important non-superstar for the remainder of the season for any team. Any player, any team, he's the most important non-superstar for the remainder of the season. What do you think?
0: That's a that's a really interesting argument. I can see both sides of that. I'm going to say this is an overreaction. Um, because... I think, like, <laughs> not going back to the Lakers, but, like, non-superstars, like, you you want to trade those guys, but, like, Brandon Ingram's health is going to make a difference this summer. I don't know. That's an interesting point. What do you think? So, I yeah, I think it's a pretty fair
1: statement. I think it's an underreaction. Like, to be honest, because the reasons I have that is this team's trying to make a deep playoff run. Yeah. Yeah they might be able to if they can hang on to this two spot what you talked about with the pistons and um, pacers thing or nets pacers whatever it ends up being they might be able to draw one of those teams in the second round then right now and actually that'd be fortunate the two the number two team in the east actually getting the better second round matchup yeah Um, easier matchup so that would pretty to me like if this kind of stays pat They're getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then you got to knock off only one of Milwaukee, um, Boston,
0: Philly. Let's let's not pretend Philly's not making the Eastern Conference (laughs) Finals. Okay, Milwaukee,
1: Boston. So you only got to beat one of those teams to get to the NBA Finals. I think it's possible um, if Kyle Lowry's playing well, and then from there, like, then you're in the finals, and whatever Whatever happens, happens happens. Like that's just what it is. This team wants to keep Kawhi. Kawhi's not staying if Kyle
0: Lowry is going to play,
1: like, playoff Kyle Lowry from a couple years ago. Man, he's
0: starting to play, like, playoff Kyle. I watched that um, Toronto-Houston game, and it was not pretty for him.
1: Like, there's no way Kawhi is staying if you're saying, like, this is your number two guy. So, um, I think it's as important if Toronto wants to have a legit shot keeping Kawhi, almost the same way Oklahoma City kept Paul George because they're like, look, Russ is your dude. Like, I know Kyle Lowry isn't going to be Russ, but that type of a connection. And so Kyle Lowry is important, one, in how he plays, but two, how he approaches it. And determining like where he's going to be playing next year is based off of what happens to end this year. Like this yeah. current season, if if he kind of flops again and this team gets bounced in the second round or, or gets kind of laughed off the floor in the Eastern Conference Finals by the Bucks or the Celtics or whatever... Like, he's going to be on the last year of his contract next year, and he could get shipped because uh, Toronto could be like, you know what, Kawhi's gone year on your last year at $32 million. We,
0: we done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you would have to move him. You could probably still keep Siakam and OG, but... Um, like Toronto could go from number two
1: team legit to tank. Eastern Conference <laughs> Finals and potential NBA Finals to, like, if they really want, they could try and make the playoffs, but man, it's not looking good
0: Yeah, in the East. <laughs> yeah. I don't, and it's all make, about Kyle Lowry for the next two months. You make such a good point. I think there are some other players like on that team that are going to be important to that run, but you're right. Kyle Lowry is probably like, the most important for that team. Yeah. Um, you talk about Ibaka. Like, he's got another... He's going to be expiring next year, so they probably ship him. Like, if he doesn't play well, and he yeah. hasn't really played all that well, we'll talked about it last week. Um, so, and, like, they have Mark Gasol now. You went out and traded for Mark Gasol. Like, this is their all-in move. Yeah. And, like, if they can't get past the second round, you kind of wonder, like, what... Like, you were restarting from before you s- traded for Kawhi. Mm-hmm. And that's not what to- Toronto fans want. I want. No. And
1: I even thought about, like, the rest of the Eastern Conference. Like, who are those guys that are super important, but I wouldn't call them superstars. So that was, like, guys like Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton. Guys like Tobias Harris or Al Horford, even. Because I wouldn't call Al Horford a superstar, but he's important. Um, And then, like, even in the West, you could get into guys like Jamal Murray um, or Clint Capella. But out of all of them still to me, like Kyle Lowry could just so drastically shape what happens at the end of this year and going forward for a franchise that none of the other non-superstar guys who I just mentioned could really, really do. Yeah. That's why I had to put Kyle Lowry as like the most important guy. And I don't know, you just see like how a team like New Orleans just fell off a cliff this year. Memphis mm-hmm. in the last couple of years has just fallen off a cliff. Like that it can happen real fast yeah if you're not careful about it and i don't
0: know to me he's just the guy that that might push him over the edge yeah it's interesting because a lot of those teams you just listed off were like no we're just gonna run it back we're good we can be good we're just gonna run it back and that's what kind of toronto has done the last several years like we're gonna run it back okay we're gonna change this one position but we feel like everyone else on the team this year they like really drastically changed their roster and if like it doesn't bring a different result then like i don't know what else you can do like they were all in this year like yeah. going out and getting kawaii and now getting Marcus all. Yeah. Pascal Siakam has stepped it up. You talked about him as one of your most improved players this year. But like, I don't know what else this team can do. Like besides this what the they stars did. are aligned. Like LeBron has left the East. <laughs> this is your chance. Yeah. And if they can't do it, see ya. Yeah. You make a really good point. Well, I'm gonna stick with the Eastern Conference for this my next under overreaction. The 76ers shouldn't re-sign Jimmy Butler in this offseason. They so mm. I'll also add they haven't really, since making the Tobias Harris move about a month ago, they haven't really separated themselves from Boston. They're still only a half game up on Boston. Yeah, somehow they still just keep going like five and five. <laughs> and like in their last ten. Boston's
1: struggled this last month. Now they're starting to find it. I'd say this California road trip.
0: This and, infamous long plane ride. And like they're starting to find it. And they like the 76ers still haven't figured out J.J. Reddick's really not shooting the ball that well without uh, Joel Embiid in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like, if you don't make it—again, it kind of goes back to your Toronto argument. Like, if you don't make it out of the second round, can you justify— if They so- might not make it out of the first round yeah, <laughs> if can you just play Boston in the first. Can you justify bringing back Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris on, like, max contracts if you don't make it out of the first round?
1: it's a great point. That's why the okay, so your idea of the seventy-sixers shouldn't re-sign Jimmy Butler this offseason, I think that's a hard underreaction. <laughs> like they shouldn't even offer Jimmy Butler.
0: Oh!
1: <laughs> 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 They'd be like deuces. Like un like seriously, like to me they need to make the NBA finals for them to be like, all right, let's bring this back like let's bring him back and Tobias back. Like otherwise, like Jimmy it was a good try.
0: Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Next, <laughs> because like if they don't bring those guys back, they still have that cap room. Yeah, and like they they went and got Tobias Harris. It
1: seems like as like an insurance policy for Jimmy Butler. So you bring him back, you still got some space. You I think that you says a lot Reddit.
0: about what they feel about Jimmy Butler I going. Think it does too going to get Tobias Harris because like he's a four, but like he shoots the ball, like he can stretch the floor, and he can kind of handle the ball. If anything,
1: it's more actually what that team needs. Yeah. And because then you can fill in like another wing beside him, whereas Butler, you have to fill in a bigger guy beside him. And bigger guys can't always do what Tobias Harris does. Otherwise, everyone would be signing them. Right. So you're right. Like, actually, I think Tobias Harris fits better as a four on this team than Jimmy Butler does as a two, three on this team.
0: Like, going back to Toronto, what's stopping like the 76ers from offering Kwai? Yeah. I. I don't know if Kawhi
1: would go there, but yeah, you're right. And then which would you rather have, Kawhi or Jimmy Butler? Oh, Kawhi, 10 times out of 10. Or would you rather have Jimmy Butler at $30 million knowing he's already like older? Yeah. Or would you rather get two or three really solid role players that actually fit what this team needs at 10, $12 million a piece?
0: And then, like, another thing is, like, chemistry. Like, how does he fit with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons? Yeah. Like, I feel like... like I si- okay in that respect this yeah. year. Ben Simmons hasn't been the most vocal person, which is fine. Like, you don't necessarily have to be vocal to be a leader on the team. But it's just kind of interesting, like, Jimmy Butler kind of needs the ball in his hand to do something. Mm-hmm. And, like, Ben Simmons needs the ball in his hand to do something. So, I don't know. I th- I agree with you. I think this is an underreaction. I would be very – I would have to have, like, a significant discount as a 76er to say, like, yeah, we want to bring you back. I don't think he's taking a discount. He's not. He's he's getting that last max deal. He feels – it feels like the Knicks. And, like, that's the thing. Like, you don't necessarily – like, the Knicks could offer him, like, a max Mm -hmm. deal and, like, that – it couldn't even be a conversation with the 76ers because they might be hesitant and not want to pull the trigger. I'd let him walk to the Knicks. I would, too. I'd just let him. I would just say, have fun. Have fun playing with Kevin Knox. and Deal with that. Yeah. And Jim Dolan as your owner. Um, yeah, that's kind of my thought about the 76ers. I was thinking, like, just bringing them up. I know we kind of, like, harp on them quite a bit, I feel like, on this podcast, but it's been a... Um, I don't know how to word this. Just like a very rocky year for them. Like starting out with this young core, and you're like confident that you can do something. You and started Markel Fultz. Yeah, started with like, saying yeah, like. You gotta like, remember that. We too. we had we have patience in Markel Fultz. Like he's gonna be fine. And then like a couple weeks into the season, trading for Jimmy Butler. And that kind of got thrown out the window because you're like we're competing for a championship now. I think Elton Brand's done an all right job of constructing this team, like flipping pieces. I think they honestly saw what they had, and and he's like, we gotta we well, gotta do something yeah. about this because they. I mean, like if they had the same roster they did now, they like probably would be below Boston right now. They wouldn't be ahead of Boston if
1: they would have never made like the Butler trade and the hit. Yeah. I, I think they would definitely be below Boston. They just wouldn't have had the, the horses to do it. And Markel faults like that still would have been a thing. Yeah. And, and that would have, that, that whole saga would have just still been looming over this team all year. Or they would have tried and forced him back and it would have gone poorly again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Matt, what's your next under over reaction? So last Eastern Conference um, idea for us before we shift back to the West. This Celtics performance, this season is what we should have seen coming. Like this very up and down, like, they they lose three straight, they win three straight. <laughs> they look great against the Warriors. They lose to, like, the Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> like, we should have seen this coming. And my biggest idea out of all these, and I have a couple ideas to go along with this, but, like, when guys like... Kyrie Irving, Marcus Smart, and Marcus Morris are like your leaders, which they are, and that's it's fine. But those are very emotional guys, yeah, very up and down guys so when you're when the guys that everyone turns to are very up and down and very emotional, isn't that what your team's gonna be? Yeah, so we should have seen this
0: coming, yeah, that's a good point um I'm gonna say, oh man, I'm gonna go with overreaction on this one because I feel like. Tatum and Jalen Brown haven't really taken another step this year. Not saying that's a bad thing. They were already really good. But, like, I think everyone just assumed in their next prog- progression during the season they would take a step. And they just really haven't. Which is okay. Like, Tatum's a second-year player. Brown's a third-year player who's, like, one of the best perimeter defenders, which, like, I don't know when what He his- feels like
1: it. He's one of the best perimeter defenders yeah. in the league.
0: Yeah. Um, and, like... I think we could've seen the like Hayward taking a while to come back. We talked about that a little bit. But it just felt so long. Like everyone was just ready for this team to win now and like some people were really bold and brash about oh this team can win like upwards to sixty five to seventy games. That clearly didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, which is fine. I just think that like it you're right, those leaders are super emotional. You just think that Brad Stevens would have been able to manage that a little bit better, and I think he's starting to figure it out now.
1: Yeah, and he admitted it in an interview recently. Like he didn't handle the Hayward comeback that well. Like he just kind of put him out there almost the same way Philly did with Markel (laughs) Holt, and just said, "No, you got this, dude." (laughs) And and maybe that wasn't the right way to do it, knowing like the severity of the injury um, in Hayward's case. And so yeah, he admitted like he didn't handle that great and then like how other players reacted to like hey we're just getting all the minutes um, to start the year and he he, he admits that along with just this other point like eight of these players on this team could be free agents this summer like we've hinted at Horford could opt out same way like Toronto with Gasol like Gasol could opt out looking for a long term deal yeah same thing with Horford Um, and then we've talked about like the Irving free agency and the Marcus Morris free agency and all that like I don't know there's so many guys like betting on them betting on themselves the emotional leaders the hayward just injury thing like as a celtics fan like i thought like this was a 50 55 win team and and that was pretty solid but i just i I didn't see it happening like this yeah and i don't looking at it now it's like yeah i probably should have seen like this injury thing like taking it knowing how bad it was yeah like watching those first two minutes of that game against Cleveland two and years just, ago like knowing just,
0: how bad it was yeah seeing his foot laying the wrong way yeah uh, another thing is that like talking about like Lonzo not getting summers to heal like he didn't get a, a summer before like he had a setback like he hadn't had to have yeah. another surgery um, in like May yeah in May and like you can't really play or go full strength like eight weeks so that's two months so you're looking at july well august comes around and you're almost at training camp yeah to just start shooting again yeah let alone being the starting 30
1: million dollar max guy on a potential 65 win team yeah like yeah that was just a huge leap and although like hayward i still think has that ability eventually it just hasn't Consistently come to fruition.
0: He's shown flashes this week, which is promising. Yeah, he's starting
1: to pick up. Like his shooting percentage um, is like just slowly going up every single. He had thirty against the Warriors. Yeah, like um, Jay King, who is a Celtics reporter for for the Athletic, uh, tweeted out Gordon Hayward's shooting percentages: December thirty-seven percent, January forty-six and a half, February fifty-one. And then March so far, sixty percent. Like obviously he's not gonna shoot sixty percent for the right. season. Like being a wing, but like it's starting to come up, come together. But like should have known, like it's going to take eight months, almost like the the season for Hayward to like be what he did, be what he is. Yeah, yeah. Is now if it hits right after we're going into the playoffs time, and it's just like smooth sailing from there. And we see, like, that 65-win team type. But they don't have, actually have 65 wins. But, like, that type of team playing, going into the playoffs, great. Maybe maybe that sh- could have been a more realistic expectation. Yeah. Um. Than to do it from start to finish of
0: the season. A good point I think you made last week is that, like... Like, talking about Lakers-Celtics. Like, the Celtics could have easily dropped that game to the Lakers this week. And, like, that's a bad loss for them. But, like... I think the last month, if they would have played the Lakers, like they did drop a game against the Lakers mm-hmm. that rondo shot <laughs> they they figured it out like this time they 've starting yeah. to figure it out. I think the team's having more fun, like you kind of see it on social media a little bit more. You see it on the bench a little bit more mm-hmm. now. Like they might just be peaking at the right, yeah. right time, to your point. And then there's like this infamous, like long road trip or long
1: flight out to California because they're they're three and zero in California in this last week. Um, they still have the Clippers to play and, um, around the time this podcast is going to get released. Um, and J King, who I mentioned, like he wrote like a piece about like that long flight because a lot of players were like, you know, that's kind of where things started to turn. It was kind of like Irving just kind of took over the flight and was like. Yeah, let's play cards. And, like, he took over and he was, like, the DJ. And he was, like, got everyone playing, like, cards or dice or whatever. Marcus Mars was talking about how he's, like, the greatest Uno player on the team. <laughs> <laughs> and Al Horford's, like, you know, he's pretty good. But they're, like, Al's a pretty sneaky good player, too. <laughs> and um and just things like that. And how Kyrie just kind of, like, was the one that's, like, you know what? No, we're not going to sit and put, Have him, our headphones. Put, put our headphones on. Like, yeah, he said, that. like, we're not just going to sit and do a cross-country flight and no one's going to talk to each other. Like, yeah. that's what we're going to do. And That's what this team needed. That's kind of like the emotional leader part. Like, he's like, you know what? Nah, let's do something else. Yeah. But in that case, like, it worked. So it's like, if he can just find, like, how to make these things work at the right time, like, that's what this team needs.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. It's scary to think the Celtics haven't hit their full potential yet. (laughs) Like, it's mind-boggling. And, like, Jalen Brown has played better. Like, he just has. And, like, Tatum... (laughs) Like <laughs>
1: they both played poorly in that my game of the week against the Lakers, but like they're starting to
0: come together. He snatched that ball from Kevin Durant. Oh, when they played the Warriors and he, he had that chase down block. <laughs> you could almost count that as a steal, and I don't think like that's almost impossible to do on a seven foot guy with a seven foot wingspan yeah
1: i'll say who sh- who really just looked like he had an easy
0: dunk yeah you just stole it from him headband tatum i tell you headband tatum. <laughs> he turned 21 he got the headband and he's a different player hey we're uh, this podcast is uh tatum years old now <laughs> tatum years old uh so speaking of the warriors the warriors are in real trouble this is my next over... My last under overreaction. The Royals are in real trouble and won't win the championship this year. Mainly because of chemistry issues. <clears throat> Kevin Durant. <laughs> Sorry, something got caught in my throat on that last statement. Um, I I think this is an overreaction.
1: I think it is. It... Part of me is like, you're right, there there are some issues about, like... Did the, you see that video of this team? last
0: week? Like, the team was doing a huddle right before they ran out on the court, and they did a huddle, and everyone was like, yeah, let's go, let's go, and then Kevin Rant comes out of the locker room and starts <laughs> stretching, like, what in the world why, is going on? Why are you not on? a part of this, or why not go hop into it? And, like, it, like, the comments after... I think they... I forgot who they lost to last week... But, like, someone – I think Steve Kerr, uh, like, had a couple questions, and he was like, yeah, we just need to play with more anger and, like, more, like, frosty. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, like, someone asked Kevin Durant about that, and he was like, what do you mean? I thought we were supposed to play out of joy. Joy. Yeah, him – He was like, I don't buy that.
1: Him and some of the Golden State reporters have kind of gotten into it um, lately. But, like, I get the point like, Kevin Durant is – He's as emotional and up and down as Kyrie Irving is. He's just Um, such
0: a wild card.
1: Yeah. I don't... One, I don't think they're going to lose the championship. (laughs) So that's part of my thing. And, yeah, there's going to be chemistry problems just because of the guys like KD and Draymond and Boogie. Like, there just are going to be problems. I just don't think they're going to lose anyway
0: yeah i think it is an overreaction even though i wrote it like (laughs) like i think it is an overreaction i still think they're gonna win the championship but like it just it feels like a different warriors team this year like it doesn't feel like they're cohesive they're not clicking at the right time still like we just talked about celtics who are starting to finally figure it out maybe Mm -hmm. and putting it together and like the Warriors are doing the op- complete opposite of yeah. that, whatever that is. And it's like, Boogie's not really playing well. Steph is playing really well. Katie's just like an emotional, like up and down. Like sometimes he'll have a great game, and then the next couple of games, he'll. he will go for like a casual 21 and just kind of float around. Yeah. And it's like, that's not what this team needs. Like, you have to be one of the dudes, like, to just like hit every. like just take over the game
1: yeah if anything i could see his team losing in like the western conference finals before i see them losing in the nba finals.
0: the rockets have been legit like this last month and a half have been playing some of the best basketball they've I'd played say
1: chris paul coming back clint capella coming back like them starting to figure out their rotations a little bit more and like iron those out that team is who i'd probably be most worried about right now if i'm G- golden state not necessarily even from the east Although the East is really strong at the top, like Boston and Milwaukee and Toronto. But I would be more worried about Houston at this point. Yeah. And like catching the Warriors before they've like fully locked in. Because if they make it to the finals, they're going to be locked in for that. But if if they're not fully like there and everyone's not fully like prepared, like before then, the Rockets might
0: snatch them. Um, You kind of think about like, man, they catch them in the second round maybe. And like, that's not good. Because, like, maybe this team does, like, have a switch where they just, like, flip it on during the playoffs and mm-hmm. everything works itself out, which is a very real thing, can happen. Um, but, like, if we've talked about it before with the Warriors a little bit, like, if there's some one dude who gets injured, like, a clay or stuff, like, that team significantly takes a hit. Like, it's yeah. not, it's bad. It gets bad really quick um Iggy has been playing probably the best he's played though in a couple years like he's been really good
1: you know he hasn't played much this year yeah so yeah he's kind of rested himself rested his body Steve Kerr has helped that out but
0: Sean Livingston has fallen off hard
1: yeah um I don't know it seems like this team just has like eight centers now and no decent wing depth at all
0: yeah. So, yeah that's i don't know
1: like <laughs> Quinn cook's gonna be like a player on this team i don't know what do you do whenever like if yeah steph turns an ankle and you're playing chris paul <laughs> yeah what what you doing um because i'm gonna see that get pick and rolled to death him and Quinn cook and boogie out on the floor at the same time Oof. in the playoffs like that just screams a disaster
0: that could end up to be a seven game series and if chris paul can stay healthy That was the caveat with last year's Western Conference Finals. Like, he got hurt. Yeah. And, like, it just didn't end up working. Seeing
1: both those teams, like, one injury could sway it in in the other's direction.
0: Yeah. Um, That's a good point. Matt, what's your last under overreaction? So, talked a lot about some good teams. Time to talk about a not so good team. (laughs) Not
1: so good, uh, maybe an understatement. Um, (laughs) So, a team that we haven't talked about in a bit. um, Love kind of what they've done, but the mavericks uh dallas may be playing themselves out of a future with Kristaps porzingis mm-hmm. where they made that big move to go get him um giving up dennis smith jr right now they're at 27 38 they're one in nine in their last 10 games um uh, they've only won two games since february 10. Oof, like is really bad and they could have easily lost both of those <laughs> also <laughs> um so to me and with what's been reported with Prazingus like he may just take a qualifying offer and then see what happens in the 2020 free agency um period because there's not a lot of guys available he would be like the the number one guy yeah um outside of Anthony davis but Mavericks might be playing themselves out of a future because I think he wants to see some wins or at least some
0: promise. <laughs> I think this is an overreaction because he hasn't played a game with the Mavericks yet. I don't know. No, he hasn't. And, he, and he's not going to play one this year. He's sitting out. Which is fine. Um, the Mavericks are probably going to give up their pick this year, which is unfortunate. Um, I don't know. They're trying real hard <laughs> to make sure it. they keep it. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this is an overreaction because like once Perseguis and Luca get on the floor and they kind of figure out a backup point guard situation because JJ Barea went down.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, uh, like they still have a lot this team can play for and play to like you talk about, like, I think this team eventually could take over where like the Clippers are right now. Like they, that's very realistic. Um, yeah, I think this is an overreaction. Like, Przingis hasn't played yet. And, like, once they get Luca and him get on the floor, I think he's going to have fun and they're going to win some games. Yeah. Luca has been winning games by himself essentially this season. And, like, once you add someone else who actually can play basketball, um, like, it's going to help. It's going to help a lot.
1: Yeah. So, at the time of this recording, they've got like 17 games left. They're sitting at 27 wins at the rate they're going somewhere in like the 30 to 34 range yeah. on, on win totals real. So yeah. so like, okay. So Luca got this team 30, 34 wins basically on his own <laughs> um, with Porzingis that should bump up into the forties. Yeah. It, assuming like healthy and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I, I think this is an overreaction. I think it is. Yeah. Um, but man, like I'm looking at this team's like payroll, so Hardaway Jr., Tim Hardaway Jr. is Oof. on this roster next year. Courtney Lee um, will be on the last of his deal. I'm assuming Dwight Powell's picking up his $10 million player option. Luca, Porzingis, no matter whether it's a, a qualifying offer or maybe they do just get him that extension. Justin Jackson and Jalen Brunson, like that's your team right now. And you've got something like $60 million to spend um, in the offseason. Uh, if Porzingis takes the qualifying And then they're not Smart with how that The rest of their money um, How they spend it I don't know I could see him after that qualifying Just being like I'm good I'm, I'm alright We tried a year it was a low amount Now I'm gonna go be like That free agent And pick where I wanna go Yeah I think it's an overreaction But if if Dallas doesn't handle The end of this year correctly And if they lose their draft I think that's actually Kind of important like yep. if they can get a top five draft pick this year and, and pick up someone like let's talk about point guard, let's see like then you'll get like Ja Morant, yeah, um, Murray State, um, like all of a sudden like Ja Morant, Luca, Kristaps Porzingis, like I'm That's feeling, a team. I'm feeling pretty good about that. And then with whatever they do in free agency, yeah, too, like all of a sudden I'd be feeling a whole lot better. But if you lose the draft pick and you swing and miss in free agency and you're paying. DeAndre Jordan types, $20 million oh, a year. Yeah. Then I'm not feeling so great about right. Porzingis long-term with the Mavericks. I think you're right. It's an overreaction, but I've it seen, I've into seen into crazier an, things. It could
0: turn into an underreaction really, really yeah. quick. Um, yeah. I I hope the Mavericks are smart because like I like the construction of Porzingis and Luka. Like, I think that's a fun yeah. team. Um, and you're right. I love if, the idea. If they can keep that pick from getting to the Hawks this year. I know they probably want to convey it as soon as possible, but, like, just, like, get that pick. Yeah. Like, get that pick. And realistically, even if you don't get John Morant, you could get a Duke guy. Yeah. Like a Kim Reddish or R.J. Barrett, maybe. Yeah, it just depends on how, like, the the teams in front of them would
1: fall. But, I don't know, I unless... I would say I really don't see like how getting into the top five this year would be bad for this team. Yeah. I'm um, really, I think there's there's some good diversity there. Even like, I know we'll get into prospects next week, but just the name I'm going to throw out there is Darius Garland, the point guard from Vanderbilt. Really, really like him. I think he'd work great on this team. Um, he was, he's like what I would think is uh, a fifth overall pick. He would be great for them. So like, I really don't see how getting in the top five. Like, there wouldn't be a bad player for this team in that. And if they do lose it, then it's out of the way and it's done. And then you have your pick for next year and you still have all this money. And hopefully you
0: spend it right. But they're a desperate team. Yeah. Desperate teams do crazy things. Um, Yeah, next week's podcast is going to be fun. We're going to talk about a little bit of March Madness prospects coming up matt's gonna be the knowledgeable person on that one i love the draft because i love it i have watched I hate like watching <laughs> three college basketball games
1: this year yeah uh, i'd say we watch a lot of or uh, some osu basketball some oklahoma state and it's not great it's but, hard to watch um but yeah i try and keep up with it a little bit and more for the sake of nba draft yeah but yeah i'm looking forward to that one just like players to watch but before that, anyway, game of the week. Game of the week. Matt, what's your game of the week? So this one, um, just because I've kind of mentioned them a little bit, uh, Minnesota at Utah. So Thursday, March 14th, 8 p.m. Central Time. I know it's not the, the sexiest game. Um, <laughs> I know that. But, I, one, I'm looking forward to Carl Anthony Towns' Rudy Gobert. Mm. I, I, I like that. Um, I predict Utah's going to win 113 to 110. But also, like, Utah has a pretty easy schedule going forward. Like, I think this is when they're going to start clicking. And I would not be surprised if Utah, who's currently sitting in the sixth spot, um, jumps because they're only three games behind the Rockets for the three. I, I'm not saying they're going to get all the way to the three, but, man, their schedule coming up is, like, one of the three easiest in the league. Yeah. And, and to me, this could be, like, the catapult for, for sending that forward.
0: Yeah going up, moving up in those standings mm-hmm. i wish there. speaking of utah i wish there was like a category for like not mvp going back to like thinking about blake griffin but just like man you're having a career year and like thinking about donovan mitchell like i mm-hmm. think i would include him in that this year because he's been playing really well as of late but like there needs to be a category where it's like career year award or something like that yeah it's just like recognizing yeah because the, these guys aren't in the MVP conversation or most improved, but like there is a cat- category of players who like deserve to be recognized for like having an amazing year. Carl um, Anthony Towns would also fit in that from your thought of the week. Anyway, Warriors at Thunder Saturday, March sixteenth, seven thirty p.m. Central. It's on ABC. That ABC late night primetime mm-hmm. game. Um, give me my Oklahoma City Thunder one twenty seven to Golden State one twenty. Counting on that Golden State chemistry issues. I'm counting on uh, Kevin Durant trying to (laughs) huck. And not hitting. Um, It's going to be interesting. I think the Warriors Thunder, uh, you had talked about last week. Was that the playoff matchup?
1: That I would love to see in the Western Conference Finals.
0: Yeah, that would be a, a, this could be a preview of that. And it could very well end up going either way, I feel like. Um, It's probably going to be less less than a seven point it might go to overtime too those thunder golden state games are just like off the wall nuts. yeah thunder love going to overtime too <laughs> oh, god seems like you do it every every other game like once a week there's an overtime yeah. game and i hate it can't i can't like my heart can't take it <laughs> um anyway thank you so much for listening to the couch gm podcast uh remember to follow us on twitter at nba couch gm uh, pod and um Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, um, any major platform for podcasts. And we are on it. Matt, do you have anything you want to add before we end the podcast? More NBA on TV, less college basketball. That is a hard retweet. (laughs) Retweet that. Um, Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you back next week.